What is happening, everyone? Welcome again to The Window, Canada's sports betting podcast. Ahead on today's episode of The Window, Saturday night's alright. The Canucks Oilers gets postponed on Friday. But is Vancouver ready to go on the Hockey Night in Canada stage? And how does that uncertainty affect the pricing in that game? But first, a look back at the action from last night, breaking down the underlying metrics for all the games in the North and Central Division. Then it's the rest of the story for the weekend as we project prices and plays for Saturday. And do we trust Montreal tonight? It's time to head to the window. Let's go. Welcome to The Window. I'm your host, Matt Russell. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Thank you very much, Laszlo. Yeah, two and three night last night. Not ideal for the let's do that hockey model, of course. Dropping a unit. We'll start with Winnipeg and Toronto and what was just kind of a messy game. 0.94 expected goals for for Winnipeg. Again, coming in after having played the night before that scheduling spot. Now, two days in a row doesn't come to fruition. And does that mean the scheduling spot situation is dead? No, it's just more information. We talked about how it was hitting at 95%, and what's that? what does that mean for a money line and the expectation? And we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a bit. But, you know, 0.94 expected goals for Winnipeg. They win the game, um, you know, relatively convincingly in the end. Toronto 1.13, so actually out-expected goals forward at even strength the uh, the Jets but the Jets did have seven to four in the high danger chances two two were the conversions so both teams converting you know pretty frequently when they had an opportunity so you know the model spits out minus 148 and you know the you know, we talked about how the number went up and then the number comes down based on the goaltender that was in did any of that end up mattering Again, we don't know. It's just one game. Uh, Matthews out, obviously, you know, Toronto more than happy to kind of make excuses when it comes to him not being in the lineup along with Nylander. But again, if you're able to get seven high danger chances, that's about average, right? A little bit below average. You know, is the one Austin Matthews high danger chance difference potentially? You know, who knows, right? Um, in the central, a lot more action, a lot more fun when it comes to the action that that was going on. Chicago and Detroit will start there. Detroit gets home as the home underdog. Grice, Thomas Grice, beginning to earn some trust here. We've talked about it in the last couple of shows where the Red Wings had to play, where he's been playing better and better. We weren't sure if we were going to get Bernier or Grice. It's you know that was a main thing at the start of this season, in the first half, you know, to two thirds of the season. What kind of goaltending are we going to get from Detroit? Because Grice was playing so poorly. He's starting to play better here. Um, and just by and large, just a kind of a ridiculous number when it comes to Chicago being that heavily of a road favorite, which, of course, we went over yesterday for a variety of reasons. Carolina and Nashville. Nashville, you know, playing really good hockey. We felt that we were getting a ton of value. You know, we were. They... Played pretty much an even game. 1.65 expected goals for for, for Carolina. 1.74 for Nashville. Nashville 6-5 to five in the high danger chances. So again, you know, it's one high danger chance different. A you know, fraction of a fraction of uh, expected goals for. So not exactly some huge discrepancy. But the point is, is like, that's a 50-50 type of a game. 
right? A pretty evenly played game at even strength. Of course, Carolina converts two of five from their high danger chances, and it's 0 for 6 for Nashville, which, again, we talked yesterday about is the, is the regression going to come back and hit Nashville tonight? Is it going to, you know, take a couple of days? You know, it's the type of thing that's going to happen at some point. And yes, sure enough, it sort of happened yesterday when it came to, you know, 40% conversion rate for Carolina in their high danger chances and over six for Nashville. So, you know, does that mean, all right, throw the baby out with the bathwater type of situation that we're out Nashville all of a sudden going to play poorly down the stretch here or kind of go back to where they were to start the season? No, it's just one of those games that's kind of going to happen. Columbus and Dallas last night, again, it's one nothing halfway through the game for Columbus, and you had to be feeling if you had Dallas minus two hundred, is are we having fun? And the answer, of course, would have been no at that point, which is what we were looking at when we went into this game in the handicap yesterday. Did we want anything to do with Dallas minus two hundred? And the answer was no. And Dallas gets a couple of quick goals. They get a good push in the late in the second period get two goals to go up two to one. And then in the third, you get a shrug goal. And what a shrug goal is, is when somebody scores, and even they can't really feel good about it from a celebration standpoint, and they just sort of shrug and go, oh, well, guess I scored. And that was the situation for Gurianov last night, as he scores to make it 3-1 in the third period and has to shrug because the goal was so ridiculous. Uh, At that point, three to one, you know, you're not This Columbus team isn't coming back from that. The best chance for them was to get a second goal before Dallas got their first, which didn't happen in the game. So again, another game here, 2.04 expected goals for for Columbus, 5-on-5 to 2.22 for Dallas. So again, very evenly played, 13-10 to in the high danger chances for Columbus. Uh, Dallas converts two of their 10 high danger chances. Columbus converts just one of their 13. And that's the difference in the game. So again, a very evenly played game, not that much different from Carolina and Nashville, just comes down to what pucks go in the net. And in some cases, how they go into the net. So you can complain about not getting there with either or just one of those two pretty big underdogs, especially after getting there with Detroit. And then you got Florida and Tampa Bay. Florida 1.3 expected goals for it, a 0.89 for Tampa Bay, 8-3 to three in the high danger chances for Florida. Anyway, you slice this up, Florida should have won this hockey game. And we thought, you know, big bounce back spot for Tampa after losing decisively at Nashville. Not a ton of life in that team, but you have Vasilevsky. And this is what we've seen throughout this course of this season is this, you know, Vasilevsky is just carrying this team. And they get priced like a team that won the Stanley Cup last year. They get priced like a team that's atop the division. But again, this more than any other team in the league and more you know more than any other team that is a defending Stanley Cup champion and of course you can make the point that you know Kucherov's not around and that's going to affect the way they play and their offensive output um but three high danger chances at even strength like that's just kind of pathetic to be completely honest with you so you know we're lucky to get out of there with a win for Tampa Bay the under hits as well because when we talked about that yesterday um actually kind of played it out almost exactly talking about it going 2-2 to overtime and the under hitting um and so both the under hits and Victor Hedman scores a beautiful goal to win it in overtime um sort of the defenseman version of the Johnny Gaudreau goal that we got a couple of nights ago against Toronto so you know lucky to get out of there with a win probably unlucky not to get at least one of the two big underdogs you know before that if you know we switch places we end up in the exact same spot 
right? So it kind of doesn't really matter. Uh, you'd obviously like to be lucky and, and good, if you will. Um, but again, we'll take it, uh, you know, laying minus 150, minus 145 in a hockey game going to overtime. You never feel good about that. But we're happy to get the win nonetheless to sort of salvage something out of the night. Tonight, Calgary-Montreal, the only game in the, in the central or north divisions, in this case, obviously, the north division. And this is interesting from a money line standpoint, which has kind of been the theme of this week and trying to figure out money lines and how we get to these different money lines. And, you know, we've explained this and talked about this before with regards to the model. But, you know, if you're relatively new to hockey betting and you're sitting there going like, okay, you know, how do we figure out what value actually is in hockey? Because anybody can figure out who the better team is, right? I see people handicapping hockey games all the time by just saying like, blah, 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 the much better team, right? I saw somebody say that about the Dallas-Columbus game yesterday. Dallas, the much better team. Like, well, yeah, that's indicated in the money line. Like, it's a minus 200 money line. You're not telling anybody anything they don't already know. But is minus 200 a fair money line, or should that be minus 170? Should it be minus 150? Is it too short? Should it be minus 220, minus 250? In hockey, we see, you know, and listen, I disagree with it pretty much 100% of the time, but we see money lines that get up to minus 300. So, okay, if one team's the much better team, you know, there's a pretty big difference between minus 180 and minus 310 something along those lines, right? And so what we want to do is we want to try to figure out what goes into these lines and understand that going forward. And so these games in the North this week with, you know, obviously scheduling spots being a factor and players being out, we start to understand the difference between these money lines and why different, you know, situations call for different pricing. And so Calgary and Montreal on Wednesday, Montreal is a minus 150 open, which is you know, an exact 60% win probability. And if you don't, you know, understand sort of the difference between money lines and win probability, or I shouldn't even really say difference, I should say the congruency between the two, you know, that's an easy Google to sort of figure out um, what that means. But minus 150 uh, applies a 60% win probability into a pricing, right? And so we talked about how the model, the let's do that hockey model spit out minus 138 as the fair value price for that game on Wednesday, which is fine. And then we had to figure out, okay, well, why is it minus 150? Well, we didn't have to go to figure that out. Obviously, it's open minus 150 because of the scheduling situation. And then it gets bet up to minus 165. And of course, we talked at length about that and the percentage, you know, the stages of percentages that go up and up and up. Now, of course, Montreal comes out, they lay an egg, Calgary wins the game, and it's sort of moot from a result standpoint. But now we've got this rematch, and the rematch opens at minus 135 today. And you go, well, wait a minute, what happened to minus 150? Well, a couple of things happened to, to minus 150. One, the scheduling spot doesn't exist. So we go from a 60% minus 150 win probability here down to minus 135, which is 57.4%. Now, if you'll recall, what did we talk about trying to figure out what this scheduling spot meant with regards to a point spread we talked about two to three percent like that's how the market has been treating it well difference between 60 percent and 57.4 percent it's 2.6 percent right so we're right there in understanding now how the market is pricing that now for you personally if you don't believe at all in the scheduling spot or if you know you see some stuff within the scheduling spot that maybe it doesn't apply this time around etc cetera, etc cetera, you can build your own numbers here you can guess your own money lines 
using the idea that the market thinks that there's about a 2.6, 2.5, 3%, depending on the situation, um, scheduling difference here when a team has played the night before in a different city. That's the tax that we're putting in. Now, it had been hitting at like a 95% rate before that, so we were certainly willing on Wednesday to pay the tax as we thought 2.6%, for example, wasn't enough. It should be a 5% tax. It should be a 10% tax. Whatever you feel, however you want to get there, right? And so when you're talking about actual results being 95% for the team that is rested and is waiting for the other team that had played the night before, you know, how high can you go? Now, obviously, there's a limit to how high you can go. And just because it was 95% before, you know, now we've got two losses here for the team that that was advantaged. So now we're talking about it's an 80% rate. And maybe if we get a couple of more of these situations where the tired, the quote unquote tired traveled team wins again, you know, the number is going to drop from a win percentage standpoint. So 2.6% is what's built in because nothing else has changed with regards to Calgary and Montreal, right? There has been no lineup changes. You know, as far as I know, no goaltending changes. I expect Markstrom, I expect Allen, maybe Price coming back off injury. Uh, that doesn't seem like that's happening tonight. So I think it's probably Allen again. So we're getting the same goaltending matchup, the same lineup here. You know, why would this be any different than before? So minus 135 is clearly the, you know, the appropriate price. By the way, my model, which spit out minus 138, uh, going into the game on Wednesday, it's now saying minus 135 because it it hated Montreal's performance so much that it has dropped it. You know, essentially, you know, it's less than a percentage from a win probability standpoint, but it's three cents on the money line. So it actually agrees that minus 135 is the appropriate price. And what do we say when we talk about favorites, right? If we're getting the price that we think it should be with a favorite, because again, the win probability is better than 50%, we're willing to back a team at a fair price. That's what we want. We just want a fair price when it comes to our favorites. In this case, minus 135 is that fair price, which would lead to a bet on Montreal minus 135. Now, it's not a particularly comfortable bet because we saw, you know, we see frequently this paper tiger Montreal team that everybody loves from an analytics standpoint that the model loves just fail repeatedly over and over again. That being said, I do think that this needs to be a bet tonight with Montreal minus 135 at that fair price. Anything higher than that, it becomes more and more of a stay away. The other game that was supposed to happen tonight, uh, Vancouver against Edmonton. And this was going to be the topic of an Action Network preview that I was going to write. But the sort of thesis or even just the um, hypothesis in the end what can we possibly do here with regards to pricing? And Toronto goes to visit Vancouver on Saturday. And of course, this game got postponed tonight because Vancouver literally asked the league to do it because they're like, we have had one practice. We are all coming off of COVID. We are worked over. We all know what you know COVID does to a you know, respiratory system. And it's one thing when it's one guy and the other guys have just had to quarantine. But it's another thing when like the whole team is absolutely, you know, ravaged by it uh, in its entirety. And so they say, oh, we need another day. Well, okay, that's easy to do when we're canceling a Friday night game against Edmonton. But do you think they're going to cancel the Saturday night game, 7 Eastern, primetime game, hockey night in Canada? Like, there's a reason Toronto and Vancouver have played 
you know, every time, just about every time they've played, it has included, I shouldn't say just about every time they've played, it has included a Saturday game in their different pairings. There was a three-gamer in Toronto that obviously included a Saturday night game. We had a two-gamer in Vancouver a month ago that included a Saturday night game. They're not going to cancel this game, right? They have now at this point, they have given Vancouver all of the quote-unquote time that they should need. Now again, who knows what should actually means and whether that's legitimate. But the point is, is I can't imagine this game being postponed. But what's the price going to be? Because last month, when everybody was sort of fully healthy, there was some scheduling spots and all of that kind of stuff, and Elias Pettersson wasn't around for it. Um, I don't even know if he's back at this point. You'd think he would be. But last month, it was minus 190 for Toronto. Now, that obviously was way too high and was indicative by the fact that Vancouver won both games against the Leafs. And so how much higher than minus 190 can it go, right? Because again, you've got a choice here. You've got either Toronto at an absurd price, whether that ends up being minus 190, I imagine it's going to be even higher than that because who's going to want to back Vancouver here based on all the obvious reasons with COVID-19 ravaging the team. So to me, it's going to be really interesting to see how this is treated. It's going to be really interesting to see what kind of effort that Vancouver is able to muster based on their health. It's obviously just a complete wild card, and it's not the like good wild card, the good uncertainty, the good variance where we're looking to back an underdog because we don't really know, right? Like we're always looking to back an underdog when we don't really know. In this case, like what's the best case scenario here? That Vancouver is completely fine? Uh, that doesn't seem all that likely considering, you know, We've never seen this before. We literally saw a team begging for an extra day, right? Where JT Miller comes on and is like, we are not ready to play this game. And the NHL kind of had to postpone that game. And they were going to make them play in a back-to-back -back and the whole thing just completely ridiculous. And so, again, you know, I don't know that there's any amount of value here that you can assign to Vancouver. You just sort of have to let this game happen and, uh, and sort of hope honestly hope for the best for everybody involved just from a health standpoint uh, but total stay away when it comes to the Leafs again we don't even know if Austin Matthews is going to play obviously that's going to affect things this is a team that's lost three games in a row is that because they're in the weeds in some way no they're not in the wilderness they're not lost it's just you know different circumstances have led to these losses um, Edmonton and Winnipeg also on Saturday. That's the late game. This one's interesting because my numbers make this a pure dead pick em. Um, Edmonton, 1.5% below average at even strength. That shouldn't come as a huge surprise given the, you know, their reliance on Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and the power play. Whereas Winnipeg, we talk about them basically every day one way or another, minus 7% below average at even strength. Again, yesterday's performance, impressive relative to the scheduling spot, but not exactly, you know, burning houses down when it comes to the offense um, and the, you know, the ratio to high danger chances for and against. Uh, the home ice adjustment, though, again, there has to be some just based on the results so far this season. Um makes this game a pick'em, right? So again, Edmonton would be favored on a neutral. This game's in Winnipeg. The model spits out a pick'em. That being said, the Oilers haven't played since Saturday's loss to Calgary, which again, talked about it a couple of different times this week. Connor McDavid talking about how that team wasn't ready to bring the emotion required to play the Flames that night uh, after having the memorial for their former teammate, Colby Cave. And so now they've been sitting here all week because they've had, again, the game with the Canucks postponed um, on Friday, a game 
that was supposed to be one of two games before they played this game against Winnipeg. So we're talking about a full week off here for Edmonton. We're not talking quarantines or anything along those lines. We saw what a you know an extensive break gave Calgary. You know maybe some extra practices, that kind of thing, when they're not having to worry about quarantine stuff, right? These breaks can be really, really helpful. And so now they go on the road, but is that really that big of a deal? Because again, they haven't played in a full week. Whereas Winnipeg has just played three games in four nights. Obviously, they get the night off tonight. So, you know, three games between the time that Edmonton's even played another game. So Winnipeg's coming home, and that's great. But like, are they really going to be all that fired up? They're not certainly not going to be rested, having traveled in one of those days as well. And so you have to decide, okay, well, we don't know what the price is going to be. Again, the model makes it a pick em. Winnipeg's at home. Obviously, people think highly of Winnipeg. Will they be favored in this game, or will Edmonton be the favorite? And so, you know, if this game's a pick em, it would be minus 110 on either side. So how do we get value out of that? Well, we want, in their underdog, normally the 3% win probability value, which means we need to get, you know, a plus 115 for a pick em, right? If we think it's a 50% chance, we need plus 115 to get better than 3% of an edge on an underdog. That being said... Based on the situation and the fact that Edmonton hasn't played, I'm not sure that they should be an underdog in this game. So based on that, I would, again, I would expect them to be maybe minus 115 or minus 120, which means if they actually are plus 100, a little bit, but plus 105 or plus 110 with the Oilers would certainly make a bet for Saturday night. So we'll sit and we'll anxiously wait to see what the price ends up being in that game. As for the Central on Saturday, full full scale rematch festival from the games last night, which makes it relatively easy to kind of skim through from a handicapping standpoint. So we'll start with Tampa Bay and the Panthers. Obviously Tampa Bay, pretty bad game last night. They win it anyway. Classic situation where you go, well, if Florida's going to play that well and Tampa Bay's going to play that poorly, I want to be on Florida, you know, plus a number here. Uh, you know, if it comes back and is still plus 140, something along those lines. For me, this is a stay away. I don't want Tampa Bay again. I expect them to play better. I think this is a possible you blew it situation for Florida where they had all the opportunity to win the game last night. They couldn't do it. And now Tampa Bay is going to pull up their socks here for the second game and play the way that we expect them to. But laying a price of minus 150 or higher is just not interesting for me. Um, with a Tampa Bay team that, to be honest with you, I think I bet on like three times this entire season. Season, and I don't regret it because these prices for Tampa Bay are outrageous. It'll be interesting to see come the playoffs what matchup they get and what the prices are for them. But I can't imagine that it will be backing Tampa Bay. I know Kucherov will be back. You know, what's he going to look like in, in the playoffs, etc. So again, this uh, Tampa Bay team is a stay away, even if we think that there's a possible lean here with the Lightning, but certainly no value on the Panthers after they blew the game yesterday. Speaking of value, the Detroit Red Wings, do we go back to the well? Well, we will at anything close to the price that we got yesterday, right? We talked about, listen, anything as an underdog felt like a really good price. This is not that different from Edmonton and Winnipeg, where this game should be a pick em, right? Detroit and Chicago, pretty evenly matched teams. Detroit playing better at home. That's what led us to victory yesterday at a plus 140 price with Detroit. Will the market make an adjustment? Will the market see that one Detroit played better than Chicago was full value for winning as an underdog? There was nothing fluky about that game. And are they going to give us plus 140 again? I find that hard to believe. So anything at plus 125 or above plus 125 
is still going to be a bet, but I could see them adjusting this number down more to a reasonable uh, point. Now, again, if it's a pick em game, what do we need from, from a value standpoint? Plus 115 is the target price. Uh, if we're ab, you know, if we're definitely looking to back the Red Wings in this case, or is it a situation where we got what we needed from the Red Wings? And so at plus 115, I wouldn't do it, but at plus 125, I think it's worth going back to the well with the Wings in this one. And then the last two games, I thought Nashville played well enough to try them again at plus 150 or better on the road against Carolina. Uh, Morazic was in net for Carolina. He was so-so um, good enough for the victory. Um, I certainly I shouldn't say I would expect, but I wouldn't be surprised um, if we get, uh, you know, Morazic in on Saturday versus, you know, one of the other goaltenders for Carolina. But at this point, again, I don't know that that makes a difference whether or not he's in the lineup or not. And then the other one, Columbus. I thought Columbus played well enough to try them again. Again, I don't want to lay minus 200 with Dallas and at plus 170, maybe we even get a little boost here because Dallas won the game and plus 175 for Columbus. I'm willing to take my chances there again because we've seen it. And listen, they may go to overtime. Dallas may actually win an overtime game. But again, when you're getting that tiebreaker level of ineptitude when it comes to the stars, you know, Again, I'll try plus 170, plus 175. Again, in this case, whether it's Nashville or Columbus, if we get one of those two, we end up profiting in that sort of you know dual game type of setup, um, you know, ending up a half unit to, to more than a half unit above, uh, above 500, if you will. Uh, no games in the Central and the North on Sunday, because obviously they're just playing a ton of hockey on Saturday, but we'll be back, of course, with Monday, Monday's episode, to look at the weekend, see how everything shook down, and seven games to look at for Monday night. So we're going to be chock full of hockey talk on Monday, both looking back and looking forward to uh, a massive, a strangely massive slate when it comes to Monday night. As always, subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. We're at the underscore window underscore podcast on BetSperts at MRussAuthentic on Twitter and the Action Network. Until Monday, I'll see you at the window.